0: Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the Sporting Capital. If you want to text in 0433 98 11 16. Well, we're heading towards the business end of the VFL season. Round 19 this weekend. And not all of the discussion has been around Damien Hardwick's behaviour last weekend in VFL circles. There's been a lot of action happening on the field as well that is looking very intriguing. And joining us to preview some of the matches this weekend is Channel 7 VFL commentator Nigel Carbody. Welcome to you, Nigel.
1: Hi, Damien. Good to be with
0: you. Thanks very much for joining us and giving up some of your time. I'll tell you what, I know your name is in the honour board out there at Casey Fields. Well, there's a lot of players putting their name up in lights this season because the Casey Demons currently undefeated. They head towards the run home in prime position to take home top position in the minor premiership at the VFL because they got the Northern Bull Ants this weekend to a bottom of the table. Can Casey go right through undefeated, do you think, and maybe pretty much match what's... Port Melbourne were able to achieve over a decade ago under the helmet with uh, Gary Years taking charge at that time?
1: Well that's the precedent isn't it? There is an example of a club who's been able to do it a lot of talk even amongst AFL circles at the moment of whether a team like a Geelong wants a loss going into a final series <laughs> but the counter argument is always that you don't flirt with your form they've put together a fantastic season and that's been in the face of obviously a few injuries and, and a bit of constant change but I think they've managed to form the truest alignment there is, I suppose, in terms of they've got fantastic VFL-listed players. They get incredible surface out of Munro and, and some of the, even the younger players like George Gray and that that have come through yep. their program in their last couple of years. And I don't think you ever see any wavering of effort from the, the Melbourne-listed players who are there. And they've clearly got a lot to play for with potentially AFL finals call-ups ahead of them. So, look, they're, they're well-placed as anyone to run the table but I think for anyone who's been involved with Casey since the move out to Cranbourne in 2006 and more recently under the Melbourne alignment they've made grand finals in 2016-18 and to and left with nothing to show for it apart from yeah. reflection of making a grand final but it's time for the football club to hopefully get some silverware and they're as well placed as ever.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Kate Chandler was fantastic again on the weekend. He's been ultra consistent. He kicked four goals in the wet in what was a low-scoring game against Footscray at the Witten Oval last week. And be interesting to see how he finishes off the home and away season. couple of matches which have finals ramifications, and hopefully we come into that final round with plenty of permutations on the ladder, didge. One of the matches this weekend which has ramifications is Collingwood versus Southport. First of all, great to have footy back at Victoria Park. There was a round one game, which I think you were at when Collingwood played Box Hill at that venue. Since then, Collingwood have played their home games at the AIA Centre. Crucial game for the Pies to try and solidify a top eight spot. Southport have been probably the main danger to Casey on the table. They'll probably finish in second spot the way things are going, but the Pies could snag an upset at their spiritual home.
1: Yeah, not beyond the realms. I think it's great scheduling any time we're seeing footy at Vic Park and with Collingwood playing Port Adelaide in the AFL on Saturday, if you're a a Pies fan, but I think anyone heading to the G, nothing better than getting to the the 10.30 start at Vic Park, seeing a really high standard game of VFL footy, and then pretty easy train trip from Vic Park to yeah. Jollymont to get off there and then walk into the MCG and, and see two really good games of footy for the price of one. There's probably something a bit buried for people who aren't watching the VFL all that closely, Damien. You, you look at the ladder at the moment, and if you're just looking at... Um, the points telling and the percentages, the one thing that perhaps is a little bit lost is because of the litany of buyers. I think every team's going to have four buys across yeah. the season. We've got a few clubs that have still got four home and away games remaining, but most of them have three. And there's three teams in the eight at the moment that have a full suite of four games remaining. Brisbane third, Sydney fifth, and then significantly Collingwood in seventh. So they have Southport this week, they then host the Seagulls and then you know, final shaping matchups in the last couple of rounds for them with Sydney and Carlton. So Collingwood sit on nine wins at the moment. Again, not beyond the realms, given there's only a gap between uh, Brisbane, who've played 14 games on 40 points at the moment, and the Suns in ninth position, who've played 15 games on 36 points. you got one game, but a, a little bit of a variance in how many games are left for clubs between third and ninth. Collingwood have still... Clearly got designs on finishing top four in both the AFL and the VFL, And a win over the, the Sharks this weekend would help propel them in that direction.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. And maybe they can pay homage to the passing of Billy Picken, who did some great work at VFL level back in the day now, of course, AFL level on that particular ground at Victoria Park. And great to see the Pies out there at Vic Park, their spiritual home. The other game with plenty of ramifications is Richmond v Brisbane. There's been a lot of talk and build-up about the AFL sides going at it this weekend, but equally as important did the VFL as well because Richmond are fighting for a final spot. And Brisbane, they've been absolutely tremendous this season, particularly under the Tootle when you look at on-field leaders of Reese Matheson who's been absolutely consistent. He's known as the barometer amongst the Brisbane supporters just having a look at back at their season holistically so far and they've got a number of other consistent contributors as well. That's going to be a ripping contest at the Swimbird Centre I think. Do you have a prediction there?
1: Uh, probably siding with Richmond but again the, the fans have benefited by the fact that we've got the Richmond-Brisbane game at the MCG at 3.20 on Sunday so again Makes a lot of sense if you're a a Tigers or a Brisbane fan, or as I mentioned with reference to the Collingwood-Southport match before, if you're a a footy fan planning on heading to the G this weekend, you've got an 11.05 kickoff on Sunday at the Swinburne Centre to see what I think is going to be a really high standard game. Tigers uh, won their last couple so they've started to strike a little bit of form. Brisbane dropping that game last weekend as well. As we mentioned, the door has swung open for some clubs perhaps to make a run from the bottom part of the eight into the, the top four as well, and uh, Richmond are in that group of teams that have only got three games remaining. So this is the hardest of their remaining matches. They'll play the Blance and then host Frankston in the final round. Yeah. Two of the three probably gives them a finals berth. Win all three, then as I said, it's possible that they could be top four depending on how things shake out with the other games remaining.
0: That's right, and I mean, you look at Richmond and the way that they've carried through some of those VFL contributors and given them a chance at AFL level, you look at Noah Cumberland, Tyler Sonzi, Judson Clark, they've all made contributions at VFL level, and that just highlights, Nigel, the importance of playing well at that level to give yourself a big chance and getting rewarded at senior level, and I think Richmond have exemplified that, haven't they, this season?
1: Yeah, I think they've done a tremendous job managing their players, not just this season, but... The history of their a lot not alignment sorry but since their VFL programs yeah. come back in house that we've seen players developed at the right speed at VFL level to then come in and have a permanent impact at AFL level and it goes back to you think the 2017 VFL Grand Final side had the likes of Jaden Short. As a permanent fixture in it rather than being an AFL player. And we know the career he's obviously gone on to have since then as well. So Samson Ryan, really good for them in the yeah. win over Williamstown last week. Uh, and Morris Rioli. I think anytime we're seeing players, <laughs> pardon me, backing up from being the medical sub, whether they see match time or not, and then playing well in the VFL the following day, I think it's a real nod to a player's professionalism. Morris Rielli saw a little bit of game time late in the match against Freo last Friday night and then came out and had... 17 and, and kick two on um, on Swinburne Centre against Williamstown as well. So, yeah, they've got a little bit of depth there at the moment. The Tigers which I think, good given they've clearly had a bit of a bumpy period in the AFL where they've been in games without necessarily closing them out. But there's enough guys that are pressing their case for, for recalls as well.
0: Speaking with Channel 7 VFL commentator Nigel Carmody. Just a couple more before I let you go, Nigel. Werribee host Footscray. An interesting game with plenty of ramifications for the Tigers at Avalon Airport Oval. I'm intrigued to see how they go because they've really lifted in the second half of the season. Had a slow start at the beginning of the year, but they really have lifted and they've been one of the standalone teams from a Victorian point of view to watch.
1: So they, they hit a really, really good run of form and then That loss to Box Hill just set them back ever so slightly and and robbed them of a little bit of that momentum. I mean, you feel like, again, it's a little bit the nature of the structure of the final system. The fact that we've got an 8 and 21 teams means, at the moment, we've got four teams that are sitting outside the 8 with a positive win-loss record, which, wherever you're included in that group as well, they are in that cohort of teams. We mentioned the three teams in the 8 that have got four games remaining be the one challenger outside the eight at the moment that have still got four matches left on their roster. So Hmm. Bulldogs, their former alignment partner this weekend at home, trips to Brisbane, an away game to Essendon, and then a final round match against the Bullheads. So Michael Barlow's team are pretty well poised. They've got a very healthy percentage, just shy of 120, that right now is better than um, sixth, seventh, and eighth on the ladder as well. If they can win the lion's share of those games, you'd imagine they're going to be playing finals. It's a loss from a fortnight ago they'd be ruined because the Box Hill Hawks kicked, I think, the final four goals of that match to get over the top of them. The contrast is Bulldogs, the loss to Casey last week, rules them out of of finals contention. Yes, there's some players who are playing for spots in the AFL side at the moment, but I I think uh, Werribee would be very confident they can chalk up win number nine for the season and um, potentially find themselves, if not back in the eight, right on the doorstep of it uh, exiting round 19.
0: Just two more before I let you go, Nigel. Look, I think ultimately Carlton should beat Williamstown. We've seen upsets before, but the Blues with a lot more to play for incentive-wise. And the Essendon v North Melbourne game, both sides can't make the finals, obviously. The Sydney v GWS one is intriguing at the SCG. There is that little bit of hidden under-pitting rivalry between the two clubs. Uh, Ultimately, they call it the Battle of the Bridge at AFL level, but there's a lot of ramifications to come out of that game, and you get the sense maybe the Final Eight would be shaped based on that result.
1: Yeah, huge game. So the Giants have slid in the last fortnight. So they were in the four two weeks ago. A couple of losses now sees mm. uh Eight, six and a draw and 10th on the ladder. They've only won four of their last 10. So it has been a bit of a slide for them in the second half of the season. The Swans on the flip side of that, they've won seven of their last 10, sitting in fifth and in that group of five teams at the moment that are on nine wins, which they the highest with a percentage of 125.5. Josh Kennedy was massive for them in their victory last weekend where they, I think they were pretty much in command from go to war in that victory over Frankston last Saturday afternoon at, at Tramway Oval. They're really well poised, and I think this is probably something we can start to cast our mind forward to, to the final series. It's going to have a bit of a different look to it. First time since the... BFL has, I guess, brought in the Northern States teams and the teams that have previously competed underneath. Well, you've got Southport, the Lions, the Swans, and then potentially the Suns and or Giants in contention as well. We're probably going to see, you'd imagine, uh, at least a qualifying final for Southport played interstate, unless something crazy was to happen to <laughs> their form in the latter in the next couple of weeks. And who knows, potentially a, Another final at some stages, perhaps interstate through the final series as well, which adds, I think, a really interesting dimension to it, not only that we won't necessarily have all four games in Victoria on week one of the final series as we've become accustomed to, but the added factor now of teams having to travel during the finals, which previously hasn't been something that clubs have had to factor into their September preparations, will be, I think, something else that adds a layer of interest.
0: That's right, and Southport do have a very strong following at home. and You see some of their home games, and they do get pretty good crowds, so it'll be interesting to see whether the local community up there in Queensland embrace it. And just a last one to finish off with, Nige. Geelong play Coburg. It's been a relocated game from GMHBA Stadium to Mars Stadium in Ballarat. I know Geelong probably are the better side on paper. They have that AFL alliance, as we know, but I wouldn't rule out maybe a Coburg upset. Coburg have been known to cause the odd upset. They did so a few weeks ago against the Gold Coast when I think the Suns had about 18 AFL-listed players playing in that lineup. And they have some pretty exciting players too. I've enjoyed watching the likes of Boucher, Dintino Sante, Ryan Exon as well, who's been a phenomenal spiritual leader at that club. Do you think they could cause an upset the Lions?
1: Yeah, they definitely can. I mean, you come back through their form, they were competitive in that loss to Sandringham at, uh, at home a couple of weeks ago prior to their bye. They pushed Carlton in round 14. Our broadcast game at Piranha Park in round 13 against Richmond, they were they were really competitive. And I don't think the final scoreboard, not dissimilar to the Bull Ants performance against Box Hill in our broadcast match last Sunday. There's Some of these games where the lower-rung standalone teams have ultimately dropped games by somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, six to eight goals. But it's only really blown out in the latter stage of the game. And Andrew Sturgis, I think, has done a tremendous job with that group this year. And, yeah, you reel off some of the names that are at plates and good footy, They've them and the Bull are just starting... Like it's a bit of a journey for them that it might take two or three years, but I think we're going to see them hopefully be finals teams in time, if they can maintain the core of what they've got. And I think the other thing they're doing really well at the moment is forming really strong alignments with clubs, whether it's in the Northern Footy League, which is more so for the Bullens than Coburg, and then Coburg delving into that territory, but also have got a pretty strong complement of players in the Essendon District Football League. Um, They can continue to have players bouncing back and forth, and maybe guys who have been missed by the pathway decide at 21 or 22, they want to have a crack at the highest level, a la what Luke Ryan did with Coburg a few years ago, that they can pick up some some talent through that direction. I think these clubs will be strong in time. Coburg's 3-11 and on the season, but a percentage of 68, I think, is perhaps the pointer to how competitive they've been.
0: Well, Nigel, really appreciate your time. Best of luck for the rest of the home and away season as well with the coverage via Channel 7's VFL telecast. All the best.
1: Thanks, Damien. Just a quick note on that. A break for us for the next couple of weeks. Nothing this weekend with the Com Games. And then the next broadcast game will actually be Saturday week. So not a Sunday game, a Saturday game. And that'll it be is. Frankston and the Box Hill Hawks down at Skybuff Stadium.
0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game?